Hello everyone, welcome to my newest live stream. Thank you for listening and watching. I am Lamar Townsend. I'm a psychic and energy channeler, a tarot reader, and an astrologer. And in today's video, I want to talk about the zodiac signs and the Egyptian gods and goddesses, and which Egyptian gods and goddesses are associated with the zodiac signs based on my opinion and my knowledge. So if you would be interested in that, stick around. Definitely check out my website if you'd be interested in a reading, lamartownsintero.com. I am available for readings, and I would love to read for you. Follow me also on my social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, also on, obviously, my Twitch. Um, obviously, check out also my uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Vimeo. Also, I do have a podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, and um, Anchor and more. And if you'd be interested in a reading, check out my website. This is my website, lamartownsintero.com. Well, this is my website, lamartownsintero.com. So if you would be interested in a reading, definitely check out my website. All right. To get a reading from me, I would love to read for you and I am available for readings. Literally all you need to do is go just directly to the store section on my website to purchase your reading, and I um, am available for readings, so you literally just purchase your reading. I do birth chart readings, I make jewelry, I also do past life readings, I also do, of course, psychic tarot readings, tarot classes, dream interpretations, I do candles, I make scarves and necklaces, all right, I also sell black soap, which is an amazing soap for eczema, dry skin, and acne. So in this video, I'm going to be talking about the 12 zodiac signs and each um, god or goddess that is associated with that zodiac sign or with the zodiac signs. So let's get right into it. I'm going to go based on um, the actual natal chart, So you know, which is the houses, all right? So that means we're going to start with Aries and end with Pisces, okay? So, not going to wait for anyone to get in the room. Follow me on my Twitch. This is a Twitch live stream. Um, and also, this episode will be on my podcast as well. You ready? I'm going to give you a few minutes to grab a snack, grab a drink, whatever it is you're into, all right? And, you know, so you can enjoy, sit back, and chillax, okay? Give you a few more seconds. As I send this text message. And keep you in suspense. Yes. Okay, let's get into your reading finally. Okay, so let's start with Aries. Aries is, in my opinion, associated with the Egyptian goddess Sekhmet. Now, I have to say that Sekhmet is one of my favorite Egyptian deities. Sekhmet is the protector of the pharaohs, meaning the kings and the queens. Sekhmet is one of the deities that the Egyptian pharaohs take with them into war. All right. So often in ancient Egypt, people would wear 
amulets and things like that. That's why you always see, you know, old ancient Egyptian jewelry. They have like the scarabs and certain symbolism on it because, you know, certain symbolism and amulets were associated with protection. Would not be surprising if you were to find, you know, some form of Sekhmet associated with the Egyptian pharaohs, maybe particularly King Tut, Tutankhamun. Um, I know, I believe that Cleopatra was also connected to Sekhmet, for example. So, um, the reason why I chose Sekhmet for Aries is because Aries is associated with Mars, which is the planet of war. And Sekhmet is the goddess of war. Like I said, Sekhmet does aid the pharaohs in battle. It also aids the um, magis, as they would call them in ancient Egypt, which are basically soldiers in battle as well. But mainly the pharaoh is who um, Sekhmet protects. And kind of goes in line with Aries and, you know, Aries do have a big ego. So, you know, it's like, you know, you want to protect the Aries because they're typically the leaders. Mars is the leader of the Zodiac. So, you know, that's why I chose Aries as Sekhmet. By the way, if you want to learn more about these ancient Egyptian deities and um, gods and goddesses, I definitely recommend you to do your own research. All right. Um... So that's why I chose Sekhmet for um, Aries. Also, one thing about Sekhmet is that Sekhmet is very bloodthirsty. I'm not saying that Aries are bloodthirsty, but Aries is one of those signs where when they're angry, they can see literally red. And Sekhmet is the same way where, you know, when Sekhmet is angry, she sees red. I think there's a story where the only way that um, the ancient people, the ancient Egyptian people could actually calm down Sekhmet or the gods or deities could calm down Sekhmet was dropping some sort of red liquid. I don't know if it was blood or something else, but dropping, I think it was some sort of red liquid in the Nile. And... I guess seeing all the the red flowing liquid made Sekhmet think of blood, which caused her to kind of calm down and turn into Bastet, all right? So Sekhmet actually has two sides to her. Bastet, which is the more calmer side, the more docile house cat, you know, like Fonzie over here. I don't know if Fonzie, he's too busy looking at a bug, it looks like anyway. I, my my house is not infested with bugs. It's just summertime, and for some reason, the bugs get inside during summertime. I, well, I keep my windows open. Nonetheless, that's like Bastet, all right? Sekhmet is like a lion. Obviously, you know, she's depicted with the lion, you know, the lion head here, right? Like, Sekhmet is like um, the tiger in the jungle, all right? So you definitely don't want to mess with Sekhmet, and in that form, you don't want to mess with an Aries. Moving on, all right, let's get into Taurus. Taurus is Hathor. So Hathor is actually one of my favorite deities as well. I love all the ancient Egyptian deities, I have to be honest, but that's because I love ancient Egypt, period. Hathor is an Egyptian goddess associated with fertility, love, um, wealth, abundance, and things of that nature. Um, Hathor is very much similar or looks similar to the goddess Isis, which we'll get into a little bit later, but they're different, um, even though they do have similarities. Um, the goddess Hathor is very much a Taurus in the sense of 
Hathor is like, it just, Hathor reminds me of Venetian energy. But, but not just in the sense of like a Libra Venetian energy, it's Taurus Venetian energy in the sense of Hathor is very protective. Hathor is very protective of her people, but also very meaning her people in terms of those who follow her. But Hathor is very protective also um, of children, of what she owns, what she claims is hers, which is very Taurus, all right? Taurus is work hard for what you have, but at the same time, you want to protect what you have. So I would say if there's any god or goddess associated with that energy, it would be Hathor. The only other goddess maybe that I could see it being would be Isis. But we'll talk about Isis a little bit later. Isis is definitely more of maybe a little water energy, all right, that moon energy. But Hathor does have a disc on her head, which does symbolize the moon or the sun. Um, So it kind of does symbolize her connection either to Isis, the goddess of the moon, and or Ra, who we'll get into a little bit later, the goddess or the god of the sun. So... Very, very interesting, um, Tauruses, and by the way, do you like my Ankh earrings? I just got them today. All right. So... When you think of Hathor, definitely think of abundance and prosperity. Moving on, let's get into Gemini, Horus. Horus is one of my favorite, literally one of my favorite gods in, um, of Egypt, period. Horus is the son of Isis and Osiris. Horus is where the Eye of Horus comes from. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the Eye of Horus. It's connected to the um, Hamsa hand. It's also connected to the evil eye. The Eye of Horus is a talisman used to protect the wearer in terms of their journey ahead. Horus is actually an air god, meaning that he is associated with the air, messages, and things of that nature. Horus is the communicator, all right? Horus brings in messages, um, but Horus also sends out messages, all right, which is very Gemini-like. Horus is also very childlike. Sometimes Horus will literally be de- depicted as a child when it, or in his childlike state. Um, once again, this is most likely because his parents are Isis and Osiris, who are also big, big, big deities in the Egyptian pantheon, who we'll also get into a little bit later. But don't discount Horus, you know, like, you know, for what he brings to the table as well, what they bring to the table as well. That's one thing I find with Geminis is that people like underestimate the Gemini or like, you know, forget that like Geminis have that adaptableness with them and the gift of gab and things like that. You know, I don't know. I grew up with a Gemini mother and a Gemini aunt and a Gemini brother. So I have a lot of Gemini energy around me. And um, one thing I will say about Geminis that I personally love is that they will look out for you. And that is literally what the eye of Horus does is that it looks out for you and it keeps an eye on you and what's going on around you because you may not always what's going on. You may not always know or understand what's going on around you or the energies around you, but trust the eye of Horus or Horus will see it before you do a Gemini. All right, period. So Gemini, you should definitely be proud to be Horus. He, once again, he is one of my favorite Egyptian deities. He's very powerful, very strong, definitely someone you don't want to mess with. 
All right, but then again, I would not want to mess with any of these Egyptian deities myself personally. All right, let's move on to Cancer, who is associated with the goddess Isis, one of my favorite goddesses as well. Goddess Isis, as you can see, has the moon, although it looks like the earth in this picture on her head. It is actually the moon on her head. So goddess Isis is the goddess of the moon. If you know anything about astrology, the moon is associated with the zodiac sign cancer. The moon is also associated with your emotions, your emotional reactions, your emotional instincts. It's also your relationship to your family, your home, your mother. These are all the things goddess Isis protects. Goddess Isis is similar to Hathor in the, in the sense that she's all about fertility. She's all about motherhood. All right, she's all about protecting children. Um, she's all about the home and things of that nature, which is very Cancerian, all right? I love Goddess Isis. I really, really do. And I have to say that um, I have to say that Queen Cleopatra, Cleopatra VII, the uh, Philophater, the last pharaoh of Egypt, was actually a, a huge devotee of Goddess Isis when she was alive. So you know if Cleopatra was worshipping Isis when she was alive, Isis must be a powerful deity, all right? Very similar to Cancer in the sense that you don't necessarily see their power coming until they've had enough, typically, or until you mess with one of their children, you mess with their family, you mess with their loved ones or their home. That's when a Cancer will bring out the claws, or in this case, the Isis wings, right? I love Isis. Now, one of the main things you will see about Isis is... I don't know if you noticed her her um her thing right here. Her uh what is this thing called? Her um her belt, I guess, and how it like loops down that way. That is signature Isis. All right. If you ever want to kind of look like Isis, pay attention to her belt or the 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 little gold thing and how it kind of slopes down. That's very Isis, okay? Give me a second. All right. I feel like this is like allowing us to take a break as well. The only thing is I can't pause this. Now, if this were an actual recording, I would just pause this to send these messages, but it's not an actual recording. It's a live video and who cares? All right. So that is cancer. Let's move on to Leo. All right. Leo is the god Ra. Now, if you look, god Ra looks very similar to the god Horus. All right. An interesting thing is that both Leo and Gemini are very, very childlike, which once again, one 
important facet I guess you'll notice about Horace and maybe Ra as well, definitely, is that they're very childlike. They like to have fun, but they do have a dark side to them. They do have a nasty side to them if you cross them, all right? Very typical of a Leo. Ra, God Ra, the ancient, uh, the ancient Egyptian god Ra is actually the god of the sun. And if you think about it, the sun gives life. The sun gives sustenance. The sun, a huge thing, for example, in ancient Egypt was the Nile River over flooding. Now, in the sense of the sun, the sun is a huge part of preventing the Nile River from over flooding because the sun helps the water to evaporate and therefore decrease or lower rather than over flood. So when it comes to the god Ra, you definitely don't want to de displease the god Ra because then you have, you know, um, scorching summers where, you know, nothing can grow, therefore no food and things like that. Or god Ra will completely disappear and the Nile River will, 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 over, will flood and things like that. So Ra actually has more power than you think, even though he's just the god of the sun. Um, and I find that that's very symbolic for Leos. You think of Leo as like, oh, it's, it's just Leo, you know, like, oh, you know, the, you don't need to worry about them. But you actually don't know that Leo has more pull and power behind the scenes than you think. And boom, they didn't knock your ass out. So definitely be careful with the god Ra. Definitely be careful with Leos. Definitely be careful with the sun. Now, I always say with the sun, you know, I like the sun, but I also know that too much of the sun or pissing off the sun is not a good thing, all right? The sun can actually be quite damaging, all right? That means Leo, Ra can be quite damaging if misused, if abused, or if angered, all right? Now, I'm not giving you free reign, Leos, to kind of while out and act like God, your God, Ra, all right? <laughs> but I am saying that, you know, there's a connection, okay? Let's move on to Virgo, all right? Virgo is Nepur or Nepur. All right, so it's interesting with Virgo. Nepur is actually not necessarily a well-known Egyptian god. Um, it is a man. He, you you can see he's kind of chubby, but Nepur is actually the god of grain. So Nepur is the god associated with the growing of plants and the harvesting of plants and harvest season and things like that, which once again is very Virgo. Virgo is literally the harvest. If you look up Nepur, you actually might find some um, connections to Virgo and the story of Virgo connected to Nepur. All right. So just from that alone, definitely makes me connect to Virgo or Nepur to Virgo. But there's also something about Nepur where you don't hear much about Nepur or Nepur, you know, but like he has an important, sometimes I do think Nepur shows up as male, female, or in between as well, all right, which can almost be like a different level of Virgo, femininity, masculinity, blending the two, whether you're male or female, right? Um, but there's something about Nepur where, um, He's in the cut. You know, he or she is in the cut. You don't hear much about them, but they have a, a very, very important role in terms of the Egyptian pantheon. Without Nippur, there would be no grain. So, of course, back in ancient Egyptian times, in order to grow grain, in order to bring it in the harvest, the people pray to Nippur. So we definitely can't forget Nippur, and we definitely can't forget Virgos. And I find that Virgo energy sometimes can be forgotten. 
You know, it's like they do so much, Virgo Sun, Moon Rising. Um, but it's kind of one of those things where, you know, Virgo's always in this world where, you know, what's the next best thing you've done? What have you done lately? You know? So very, very interesting. All right. Libra. Ooh, Maya is taking up the whole thing, child. Gag. Libra is associated with the zodiac sign or with the Egyptian goddess Maya. Now, if you look, Maya looks very similar to the Egyptian goddess Isis. However, Maya is actually associated with justice, truth, fairness, and equality. So, in ancient Egypt, Maya was associated with the law, all right? Maya was associated with um, determining whether or not in the afterlife you were worthy to go to heaven. If your heart was heavier than a feather, that means you probably did a lot of bad shit in your life. And, you know, you had to go to the underworld with Osiris and Anubis and all those types of people. However, if your heart was lighter than a feather, because remember, ancient Egyptians mummified themselves and literally took out certain organs and parts of the body, such as the heart and things of that nature. If your heart was lighter than a feather, then you were granted by Mayat, you know, the wisdom and access into heaven or eternal life in ancient Egypt. Which, by the way, the Ankh is associated with eternal life or life in general, all right? So that is one of the reasons or the main reason why I associated Libra with my aunt. Libra is all about fairness. Libra is all about justice. Libra is all about the justice system and the legal system. And what other god or goddess to associate Libra with than my aunt? You know, my aunt reminds me very much of Lady Justice, you know, um, and in America, at least, you know, if you ever spend time in the court system, I mean, I, I, these, this is, these, these are things I've heard, of course, right? <laughs> if you spend time in the justice system, I'm just kidding. Okay, I'll just say it right out loud. Like, I've, I've never been to jail, knock on wood, but I have, as, as a youth, as a youth who was a, l a little bit rebellious and like to smoke weed, you know, like, you know, I, you know, have been in the court system a few times. And when I say a few, a uh, few times, all right, um, mainly for, you know, Mary Jane and things of that nature, but luckily it's going to be legal th this year. Um, if you spend time, any time in the court system, one symbolism you will often see is Lady Justice. All right. Another symbolism that reminds me of my aunt is also Lady Liberty in New York. So it's interesting how America, the United States, I think has taken a lot of imagery, has taken a lot of symbolism from ancient Egyptian culture, but specifically Maya, which I think secretly is very, very symbolic for Libras. A lot of people will take from Libras, but will not give credit. Libras need to figure out how to stick up for themselves and reclaim their own power and reclaim their... Um, they're justice and they're just due, all right? But that takes being a leader, all right? And that's one thing my aunt will teach you is about being a leader. I love my aunt.
Alright, sorry. But we're almost done with the list. Uh-oh. Definitely don't want that to show up. Thank you. Next is... Ooh. Scorpio. Scorpio is Osiris. And Osiris is the god of the dead. Osiris is... I'll tell you a little bit about the story of Osiris. So, Osiris is actually the wife slash brother of Isis. Isis and Osiris had a child together named Horus, which is Gemini, right? Isis is the moon, which is Cancer. Um, However, Isis has a special gift of magic where she was able to bring Osiris back to life from the dead, which is why you see, like, the mummy wraps around him and the green skin, all right? So Osiris is actually technically dead, but alive. Very symbolic of Scorpio, I have to say, all right? Um, there's something about Osiris where he's very mysterious, like very kind of scary and alluring, but you want to know more about him. Why is his skin green? Why does he look the way he does? He's very unique looking. There's no other Egyptian deity I can think of that looks like Osiris. Well, except one I can think of, actually. Um, but Osiris is very unique in the sense that he's connected to death. If you know anything about Scorpio, Scorpio is connected to the eighth house, which is Pluto, which is the house of death. Now, when I do my birth chart readings um, and astrology natal chart birth chart readings, if you've ever had one done for me, comment below if you have. All right. I always talk about the eighth house and how the eighth house is the house of transition, death and things of that nature. But it's also the house of the ancestors. All right. Because with death comes a connection to the ancestors. So when you have family members and loved ones that pass on, it's very sad and depressing and you want to bring them back to life, much like Isis did Osiris. but one good thing that you have, well, one good thing out of it, I guess, if there is a good thing of that, is that you gain an ancestor or you gain a spiritual guide on the other side. And that, to me, is very Osiris, very Scorpio. I have to say, Osiris is also one of my favorite um, Egyptian deities. Um, another deity connected to Osiris, who's another one of my favorites, but is not on this list, who is getting an honorary mention, is Anubis, all right? Um, who is depicted as a dog or a jackal, um, but I think is the brother of Osiris or something like that, or is just like the guardian of Osiris or something like that. Either way, they work together, and I love them, all right? All right. Next is Sagittarius, which is the goddess Neith. Now, Neith is actually, once again, also not a very well-known goddess, but Neith is the goddess of um, hunting. All right, actually. Um, and it's very interesting because Sagittarius has the bow and arrow, and Neith also has the bow and arrow. Um, 
Neith kind of reminds me of a, an Egyptian deity that is like a little bit rogue. Like you can give her like a direction, like Neith, I need you to do this, and Neith or Sagittarius will do it. But along the way, they're gonna have their own journey, and they're gonna come back with a big story to tell, right? That's kind of like a Sagittarius. Um, a Sagittarius like Neith is also very proud of what they've been called to do, very proud of their ambitions and things of that nature. Um, but like Neith, a Sagittarius takes no bullcrap, all right? They will pick up that bow and arrow and shoot you, all right, and get you together, period, all right? So there's definitely a need to respect a Sagittarius, to respect a Neith, um, because there's a lot that they can do for you. I mean, look at her. She has the... the the armor, but she also has the arrow. So, and look look at her back. She has all those arrows in the back of her back. So, would you want to be a foe of Neith, or would you want to be a friend of Neith? I personally would want to be a friend of Neith, all right? Like, kind of like a friend of Dorothy, all right? Um, You want to be a friend to Sagittarius rather than a foe. Sagittarius is a very smart, very sneaky, all right? And they will get you when you least expect it. All right. But Neith is one of the people as well where she's not well known. You kind of have to dig deep and do do research on her. Like, I, you know, there's something about Neith where I feel like she could have on her own, her own course or something like that. Very Sagittarius because Sagittarius is all about higher education, higher learning, living in your truth, long distance travel and things of that nature. So. And I just love looking at Neith, too. Like, you know, she just looks like a warrior. I love her. Work. Let's get into Capricorn next. Capricorn is Sobek. So Sobek is maybe not a very well-known Egyptian god, um, but Sobek is an Egyptian god associated with the military, associated with disciplinarianism. Very Capricorn, very Capricorn, right? But Sobek is actually also associated with the Nile because, as you can see, he has an alligator head. And often, alligators did inhabit the Nile River, all right? So um, instead of seeing the alligators as enemies, the ancient Egyptians actually embraced the alligator and the symbolism of the, of the alligator um, as a part of the Egyptian pantheon or Egyptian culture, all right? So very Capricorn. If you can't beat them, beat them, join them. All right. Like that's a very Capricorn. Them alligators weren't going nowhere. Them alligators said, okay, this is my territory. I'm just as Egyptian as you are. So what we going to do? That's so Capricorn, right? Now, the interesting thing about Sobek and Capricorn is that Sobek rose to the ranks and proved that I am a worthy God. I am a God that should be adorned. I am a God that should be worshiped. Without me, the Nile River will flood. Without me, the, you know, you never know what's in the Nile River. You know, like, you know, literally Sobek controls the Nile River, all right? Along with a lot of other Egyptian deities and gods and goddesses. So, um, but I would say Sobek is like the CEO, all right? The, the, the commanding chief, right? So Capricornian. You do not want to get on Sobek's bad side. All right, Sobek is literally an alligator. Now, it's interesting as well because alligators can, you know, roam Earth 
can they can roam on earth, but they can also live in water or inhabit the water. Did you know Capricorn is actually a sea goat? Meaning that Capricorn is both earth and water, meaning that they can survive on both earth for a time and water for a time. Need I say more? If you don't know about Sobek, definitely learn more about Sobek. He is very scary. He takes no crap at all, and he will bite your head off. Very similar to a Capricorn boss, right? All right, let's move on to, we're getting down to the wire, Aquarius. Aquarius is Thoth. Now, Thoth is also one of my favorite Egyptian gods. God, uh, Thoth is, as you can see, has a bird head, but a man body. And Thoth is associated with science. Thoth, Thoth is associated with astrology and, and astronomy. Thoth is also associated with scribing, all right, and language, all right, and writing and communication and relaying messages. Very much similar to Gemini, Horus, but more intellectual, more out there. It's like Gemini or Horus is here, but Thoth is like all the way out there. Very Aquarius, okay? Aquarius is actually associated with um, aliens, all right? Which, in 2021, we still don't know anything about aliens. It's just now coming out that UFOs are a real thing. Um, but can you imagine, like, Thoth, like, if we knew, if we, like, could bring Thoth down and have a conversation with him, he would probably be like, yeah, we, I already knew, like, we already knew aliens were here back 3,000 years ago. Like, you know, like, there's definitely something with Thoth where he's ahead of the curve, way ahead of the curve, way on his own lane, uh, separate from the other ancient Egyptian deities and gods and goddesses. But at the same time, you know, Thoth is full of a lot of wisdom, so there's definitely something you can learn from him. You just may have to lead him, meet him at his, his level, very Aquarius, right? All right. Lastly, Pisces, Ptah. Pisces is the god Ptah. Ptah is, and you can interestingly see um, the ram behind him, which is actually the symbol of Taurus. Um, but Ptah is the creator god. Ptah is the god who can literally make something out of nothing. Um... Very much like alchemy. Um, Ptah is the god who is connected to the, the creation of the world in general. So without Ptah, this world would cease to exist or would not even exist. It's almost like Ptah is the veil between this world and the world beyond which we can see. Very Pisces. Neptune, the 12th house, which is Pisces, is literally the veil between the physical realm and the spiritual realm. So if you have very strong Pisces energy in your chart, for example, this would mean that you're very intuitive and very, by nature, connected to spirit and your spirit guides and angels and ancestors. Another thing with Pisces energy is that there's a connection to, connection to dreams. And 
it's interesting because often with creators, you may hear them, you know, say that, you know, I had a dream and in the dream, I, it told me to create this thing. And, you know, I, I followed my passion or I followed what the dream told me. And then Apple was created or, you know, the next phenomenon was created in terms of spirituality meeting technology. All right. Pata is a very powerful deity, a very powerful God, very powerful God in ancient Egyptian culture. And um, Pisces, you know, you should be very proud to be associated with him. Um, he's typically depicted as a man. Um, I also believe that Ptah is associated with a certain subset of actually ancient Egypt. I think maybe Memphis. So I think Ptah is the patron god of Memphis, Egypt as well. All right. So if you're a Pisces, you may want to look into Memphis, Egypt specifically. All right. All right, you guys, this has been, and I'm surprised we have not had any internet issues. Thank you, Cleopatra. Thank you, Isis. Thank you, Egyptian gods and goddesses for allowing no internet connection issues. Let me stop before something happens, all right, to happen. Okay, you guys, thank you for listening and watching. Make sure you definitely subscribe. Make sure you follow me on my social media pages, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Vimeo, my podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, Google and other um, platforms. And I'll see you in the next video. Comment below what you think about this video. Comment below what you know or um, what you already know about the ancient Egyptian gods and goddesses. Um, maybe what surprised you in this video. I would love to hear your feedback. All right, you guys. Until the next time, remember I am available for readings on my website, lamartownsandtarot.com. And I'll see you in the next video. Love and light.